Welcome back to another Prep Baseball Report podcast here in North Carolina. I'm Brandon Hall. He's Matt Payne. Matt, how we doing, my man? Doing good. Good to be back on. Yeah, I was excited. Last week I thought it went really well. I think, you know, us sitting down and talking baseball and scouting, um, not that big a deal. The post-production stuff and getting this stuff onto YouTube, getting this stuff onto the podcast forums, uh, a, a little bit more daunting as that's not what our expertise is, but it seemed to have turned out okay. And, and I know um, our views were up. Um, we've had some subscribers. If you're on YouTube, I guess I'm supposed to say smash that subscribe button. Um, but all in all, it looked like it went pretty good to me. Yeah. Enjoy doing it. And always good to talk baseball and, and talk about the players we're seeing. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, as we jump into what's going on this week, um, you know, we had a big week on the field. You know, we had our first preseason all state. Um, and that, that led us into seeing, well, we see roughly about 35, 40 athletes, uh, in May, or I'm sorry, in Waxhaw, North Carolina, um, rainy day, nasty day, uh, was scheduled to kind of get outside and just couldn't. Um, but we still saw a lot of talent. Uh, what, what did you see? I was really impressed with the event. Um, I know you made the comment after about one of our groups that hit and, from top to bottom, that may have been one of the better groups we've had in a long time in one round. And um, I thought the players performed well. It went well. Um, happy to get back at it. And, and the talent talent didn't disappoint. Well, let's let's start with the pitchers. That's where we started. And, you know, we had we had some hiccups. And I, I think some of it was human and force. But, you know, anytime we're running all the tech that we're running, every now and then there's going to be some things that happen. And you know, we were we were battling with track men there, but I thought the the players, the kids themselves, did a really good job, kind of keeping their cool and staying maintained, um, and not letting that get to them. Because we had some guys perform pretty well when they got on the bump. Um, anybody that you know initially stood out to you as you're going through some of the the stats yesterday and posted the stat leaders. Uh, Jake Kakovic, uh, in the middle of basketball season. Um, you know, below probably wasn't where he wanted it to be, and it's not where it's going to be in the year. But, you know, the breaking ball was like 75, 76, um, just like his athleticism. And then I know you liked him, the the freshman from Audrey Kell, Owen Green, the left-hander. He threw first on the day and, and started things off well. Yeah, yeah it was my first sighting of Owen. Um, uh, like you said, freshman Audrey Kell High School and – you know, an athletic build, broad shoulders. He's going to have plenty of uh, room to put weight on. 5'11", 155. The arm action was athletic. I mean, even as he's getting loose, you're, you kind of just stopped and watched him. Um, and, and realistically, right now, he may be an outfielder first. I thought his BP was pretty good, too. You know, where's his weight going to be? Where's his strength going to be? How fast is he going to be? Is he going to be able to stick in the middle of the field? Um, plus being a premium left-handed pitcher. guy. So that may play itself out over time. Um, but right now, you know, if I'm, if I'm a school and I'm recruiting a 2026, I'm looking at him as a dual and we're going to recruit him as a dual until he proves he can't do either of those and, uh, kind of go from there. But, um, he, he was, he was a guy that stood out, you know, Kakovic just, I mean, he catches your eye, you know, steps on the mound at six six one eighty five. Um, he has a presence about him. He has some athleticism about him. Um, you know, another, another guy that we saw, at the end of the fall that um, shows up at this. And obviously he's, he's still in his, his kind of a spring training mode, but Jacob Orlowski, um, right-handed pitcher for Marvin Ridge in the 2024 class, 5'11", 175, you know, and Jacob's got the ability to spin the baseball. And um, it, it stood out even indoors. Um, you know, the ball has depth to it. 
there's there's a profile there where that that pitch has a chance to you'll get some outs as he as he continues to pre- progress up levels, but definitely while he's in high school. Uh, Drew Fletcher, another guy from Marvin Ridge, thought he threw it well, spun spun the ball really well during his pin. No doubt, yeah, he he was he was a name I've kind of marked, and you know, it's it's a difficult setting sometimes. You know, they're they're throwing to guys they've never thrown to. They're throwing on bullpen mounds they've probably never thrown on. They're indoors. It was raining outside. It's hard to get loose. We gave them all the time in the world and let them do whatever they needed to do. But I, I was impressed just overall with the group and how many strikes they threw. You know, right out of the shoot, bang, bang, bang. I mean, you know, and with the issues we were having with Trackman, we didn't even put a net in front of Trackman, and we didn't have to. It didn't get hit or dinged once. Um, you know, and I was going back through my notes and looking at that. That was extremely impressive from those guys. Yeah, no doubt. And a uh, good group of kids to be around, too. They seem to enjoy themselves and interacted with us. And I know that's one part of it we enjoy. No, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the smaller groups, obviously, this early, it's going to be a little bit smaller roster. Not as many players maybe are ready to showcase. I, I know we're getting ready to sell out um, Greenville, our, our East event, which is not this weekend, but next weekend. Um, and then also Kernersville, our central event, probably very close to selling out. You know, those are the two events that are closer to the high school season, are closer to the scrimmages, and so those guys are a little bit more dialed up. These smaller events give us a chance just to hang out with guys too. Um, you know, sit and talk, and <clears throat> as we move into the hitters, you know, I'm sitting and talking with one of the dads a little bit, one of the players a little bit, and then it pops in my mind. I watch him get in the box, and I, I, he just looks familiar, and then he turns around and hits left-handed, um, which I don't think we'd seen him do before, and it clicked that, you know, he looked like his brother. Uh, who, who uh, was a high-round draft pick by the Atlanta Braves, Braxton uh, Davidson. But Caden Davidson, 2025 from T.C. Roberson. Tell me a little bit about what you thought on him. Uh, my first time seeing him in person. Uh, we'd seen video, and he had played well, I believe, at the at the MPI and uh, one of our fall events at Lake Point. Um, good body, a lot of length in there. Um, thought he swung it well. I, I knew he hit right-handed, uh, railed a lot of balls, and he turns around from the left side and, He's got bat speed there too, and uh, it definitely has a chance. And I'll be interested to see if he hits left-handed any during the high school season at, at TC Roberson. Um, good actions on the infield too. Profiles. Uh, I think he has a chance to stay at third. Yep. Uh, relaxed hands and really good seeing him, seeing him in person. You know, it's interesting with those those switch hitters, and, and you know, we see several of these events that we run and. Typically, there's always a, a pretty dominant side. You, you watch him get in the box, and you go, "Okay, obviously he's he's had a lot more swings. He's a lot more advanced from this side." Even though Caden is is way behind left-handed in terms of his reps, and way behind in terms of seeing actual live pitching, you, you couldn't have if he just got in the box left-handed. You go, "That's a left-handed hitter." You know, it, it was it was pretty impressive from that standpoint. Now he is way behind in terms of seeing pitches. And pitch and pitch recognition and live game action from there, but you know it, it's a it's a chance to be a physical frame down the line. It's not yet; it's just a tall, lanky frame right now. But you know, you you feel like he's going to add strength and see kind of where that goes. So that's going to be an interesting kind of case to follow. And it was interesting for us watching that, you know, from a switch hitting standpoint and and what we see with those guys in these types of events. Yeah, most of the time the the bat speed lacks from one side, but. Um... You know, if you don't have bat speed, it's hard to hit, and, and he showed some bat speed from the left side, so he has a chance. He was – I think he was part of that group we were talking about. 
Um, <laughs> was. It was the infielders, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know the, the the you know Meridian Lafew, I think, was in the group. Uh, McCory Xavier McCory was in the group. Jake Parham was in the group. Um, you know, and and of that of that group was Tyler Asbury in that group as well. No, he was in the first group. But, he was uh, in the first group. So Tyler, Tyler kind of set the stage, um, you know, in, in uh, 2024 grad, Metroline Christian. The Metroline Christian is going to be good. Um, I know they they were – I think they played for a state title last year against Charlotte Christian. Um, but, you know, Perry Hargett at short. Asbury has got a chance to stick behind the plate. Um, they're going to be okay enough on the mound. They're going to have some strike throwers. But they've got some depth in their lineup, and they've got some star talent at the top. You know, and Asbury, it was it was loud, and inside that building, and it's a metal building. It was almost deafening. The ball is just coming off line drive after line drive after line drive. Yeah, he, and he showed arm strength behind the plate as well. I think he was up the the seventy eight or seventy nine uh, from the crouch, and um, not a lot of effort in there either. He was hitting balls hard and with a, a balanced, relaxed approach, and fun to watch. And you touched on the infield group. It seemed like every guy that got in the box was just finding barrels yeah and it makes you wonder because it's been a while since we've actually been and evaluated a high level event we know we're going to have good players there but you're trying to go through and grade guys a little bit while you're watching them and it's player after player after player gets in there and I'm putting decent grades on them I'm going okay I may have to recalibrate I, I don't I don't know but I went back and looked at you know some video we took on our phones I went back and looked at the numbers as they posted and went you know, I felt like my grade system may have been too soft because I put such high grades on some of those guys, and especially in that in that grouping. And we don't normally see player after player after player, even at high level events, even our pro cases. You know, you know, you're not just putting glorious grades on guys time after time for everything they do. But that that group was uh, pretty impressive, just top to bottom. You know what they did. No doubt, and and whoever taught the Parham brothers to play defense has done a really good job. <laughs> that was, it was in, in uh, Jake's a 2025 from TC Robertson. The body's still developing, um, you know, and, and obviously we remember the older brother came with us to uh, future games and his committed East Carolina. Um, and, and Jake's not quite to where his, his brother's at, but it's always neat to see those brother combinations to see the older brother kind of take some pride in what the younger brother's doing. Um, while still kind of give them a hard time. And I think there was some of that sibling love there going on, but I think Jake's going to be a standalone player. He's not going to have to ride coattails of anybody because um, fundamentally extremely sound. No doubt. Good BP too. Just simple line balls to the middle of the cage, and uh, it'll be fun watching that group play this year. They're, they got a chance to be good again, and, you know, they, they there's something about programs that ha- have been to the mountaintop and the players around the program know it can be done. They've seen it done from previous groups. And, you know, obviously this group lost in the Western Conference Finals or Western Regional Finals to Providence last year. Um, but they returned, you know, a, a solid core of that group. And they were they, they did it last year without really having to rely on an ace. You know, uh, they, they, they kind of mix and match. And they went into some games and said, okay, we're going to throw five, six, six different guys today. And, if we find a guy that's hot, we'll just let him ride. And I think, um, you know, they have a chance to do that again this year. Yeah, and talk about those programs. The, the McCoury kid, will, he'll step in at Providence and, and contribute yep. there this year, I believe. He, he had a good day. Yeah, so Xavier McCoury, a 2025 Providence High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Um, 5'10", 150, but it's an athletic build. There's strength already present. Um, he's gonna get he's gonna get stronger. I don't know that he's gonna ever be you know six two six three, um, but you know at, at five ten five eleven six foot as he continues to grow, he's gonna be plenty big enough for the strength he's gonna have. Um, I thought actions were advanced, um, you know, and, and he's got a chance to catch the ball at an extremely high level. I think the arms got a chance to stick him on the left side of the field with with ease. And he's a left handed hitter, so you know kind of a premium bat for an infielder too, you know, getting some schools that have already contacted him after Sunday that I know of, you know, starting to put some marks on him um, just because of what, what's obviously there and then what it has a chance to become. What's nice too is I don't think he's going to have to step in and play short at Providence because they've got uh, the Charlotte commit there this year. Um, but he's going to have a chance to kind of ease his way into being that spotlight type guy at Providence. No doubt. Uh, still baby face, got some maturation ahead for him, and um, good seeing him. One of the things that we were able to do throughout, obviously we did the track man stuff, um, you know, capturing um, exit velocity. Um, we, we've got the blast catch, capturing some uh, pre-contact swing uh, analysis and all that leaderboard stuff's coming out on PBR this week. We had our first leaderboard go up yesterday. I think a, a quick hitters on some of the hitters that stood out will be will be popping up here um, today, the pitchers tomorrow. Um, but one of the things that we did have a chance to do, even with, with as much as it was raining and we couldn't run, we did get a chance to jump, um, which we, we've introduced uh, the Swift Athletics jump pad. Um, and I actually ran that station while you had some other things going on. And so I got a chance to kind of see some guys, you know, get off the ground and do some things, which was pretty cool. Um you know, one the the one at there are a couple athletes that really stood out when you're starting to watch them. 2024 Kylan Odine. Um, Kylan's an outfielder from Weddington High School, 2024 class, 5'10, 170. Um, you know, the swing, I think he's still trying to figure out his rhythm. Uh, there was barrel feel, there is strength in the hands, but just getting off that pad, you know, 32 inch vertical. Um, you know, it's not a reach vertical. It's basically measuring how, how, how far your feet get off the pad. So you're creating that, that power into the ground and getting off. And then, um, his RSI average of two, two, five, seven, put him in the top five as well. Um, the RSI is a jump where guys are getting five consecutive jumps, trying to get off the pad as fast as they can and trying to create, uh, create power. What with that quickness. Um, you know, and Odin scored well on those. Xavier McQuarrie uh, led everybody. We talked about Xavier here a minute ago with his RSI average of 2.79. So just some numbers to look for as we continue to process these players. And we are very, very early in the process of kind of processing these guys. And Matt, as you've kind of gone through some of the numbers yesterday, was there any, any one area where you kind of saw some guys standing out or saw some numbers that you're, you were kind of intrigued by, especially with it being January? I thought some of the, the average exit velos, just uh, maybe not how high they were, but that av- average exit velo being close to their top ex- top exit velo. Yeah, so explain a little bit of that. And obviously, you got the hitting background. So, uh, Matt, uh, we got two numbers on that. We got max exit velocity, right? Max exit velo and average exit velo. So, max exit would be the, the hitter's best number in that BP round. Yeah, their they're top number and – and one thing, I, you know, going back through the numbers and evaluating hitters at our events is 
a lot of times you see a top number and obviously on our track man we see if it was a line drive ground ball fly ball and, and a lot of times a guy will post a high number but it's a, you know beat it straight in the ground yeah then you go to his average exit below and it's it's 10 to 15 mile, mile an hour off his top and you, you may have a guy with a little bit lower top exit below but that average is pretty close and and for me when that that average is close to that top that tells me in that round that they they were consistent hit a lot of balls on the barrel and 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 have an idea of where that barrel's at and controlling that barrel yep no that's that's a, that's a really good point and you know on on that notion i want to point out that, that we had three uncommitted seniors at the event on sunday the first one ryan hawkins 2023 from East Mecklenburg plays in the South Charlotte Braves organization. Um, 5'6", 155, second baseman, third baseman, probably kind of a utility guy if you're really projecting him out. Again, didn't get a chance to run, which I hate not being able to put a, a, a good run grade on him. But for for a guy that's 5'6", 155, he produced a max exit velocity of 95.6 miles an hour. And then like you're saying, his average exit was 88.5. Now, his swing is geared to line drives and ground balls. He knows his game. He's not popping balls in the top of the cage. He's not hitting balls 400 feet. He's trying to hit line drives and trying to hit balls on the ground. You know, And I, I think with that swing, he has a chance for that to transfer into games as well. Yeah, he the, there was quickness in the bat. And he has some strength in his hands. And um, like you said, he has an idea of what type of hitter he has to be to, to contribute at, at the next level. Brian O'Connell III is our next senior. Eastern Guilford High School, 5'10", 190 pounds, catcher, right-handed pitcher. Chance possibly to do both at the next level. Um, the arm action is a little bit of a kind of a reach, and he gets into some positive positions as the foot gets down on the bump. I like him behind the plate. There's arm strength. Um, the ball carried pretty well out of his hand. Um, you know, he's 80-mile-an-hour out of the crouch. I'm sorry, 79-mile-an-hour out of the crouch. Um you know, and then in the box, there's strength. Um, and he's a guy that's getting close maybe to making a college decision. I know there's some schools that have shown interest. What were your thoughts on Brian? Another good day. Um, controlled in the box. He's got strength and bat speed. Threw well from behind the plate. Received well. Um, you know, I, I think we may have said it last week. I think he's a guy who who may have got lost in the mix a little bit with, with the transfer portal and, and some of right. that going on because um, – he will help a program next year somewhere. The third senior was Jake Claywon, uh, Weddington High School, 5'9", 155, outfielder, second baseman. Um, you know, it, when you're watching Jake and you're just trying to see, you know, okay, what does he do? I don't know that the workout setting is, is the best place to put a great grade on him because he's got some action. There is a little bit of effort in there, but there's hand strength and there was barrel feel. Um, you know, and there is, you even, even without us running up, you could see he has quickness. He has some burst about him. Um, what were your thoughts on Jake? He struck me as a high-energy player. Um, I think he's the guy, if we showed up and watched him play in a game, he's going to make something happen, uh, play really hard, and, and, and there's quickness to his game. And um, I, I hope he has a really good year this year. You know, Claywon and O'Connell, both, you know, with their jumping – uh, vertical for Claywon was 29 inches uh, for O'Connell, 28.3, which, you know, puts them, you know, it's anytime you're in that 30, that 30 inch range, you're going to be kind of towards the, you know, the top 15% of the guys that are going through these testings for us. So um, 
all in all, a really good event. Uh, you know, I, I thought the the athletic barn at, in Waxhaw allowed us a facility to get a lot of things done. I, unfortunately, it was raining, and so we were kind of crept into this their one big area. But you know, plenty of space for us to see what we need to see. Yeah, and and two other guys that you yeah. know talking about athleticism and body type was Meridian Lafew, who went with us to to Junior Futures last year. Yep. Uh, put on noticeable strength. Uh, bat speed's got even better. And then Beckett Gurian, um, you know, he's he's got more physical and, and he hit some balls hard during during BP as well. It, it's neat for us because we do get a chance to see guys and then we have a, we have some time where we don't see them. Whereas a high school coach or a club team, you're seeing them pretty consistently. We may see a guy, Murr, Mur, for example, in August, and then we don't see him again and maybe we see him once in the fall and then we see him again in January. And and the body type was completely different from the guy we took to Atlanta with us. And, and that's in a good way. The broad shoulders have started to fill out. It's, it's obvious. I, I would be willing to bet he spent some time in the weight room, um, even if it's just introduction stuff, but it's already starting to take. And that strength is already transferring into what, what's going on in his game. And, you know, Beckett's another great case. I mean, that, that, that body was – there was a, a noticeable transformation from the last time we've seen him, and it immediately showed up when he put the bat in his hands, his hand strength, his ability to get to the barrel. And then once he was on the barrel, what the ball was doing off it, noticeably different from the last time we'd seen him. Yeah, good seeing those guys. Let's move forward to uh, our next and our second preseason All-State. Again, um, going to be a little bit of a smaller smaller event. Um just uh, with, with the timing of the year, but we're heading west. We're heading up towards your, your neck of the woods, kind of a home game for you. Um, the preseason All-State West at the Athletes Lab in Meridian, North Carolina. Um, as you start to look through that roster, Matt, is, is there anybody you're, you're really intrigued to see um, where they're at and, and maybe what's what's happened since the last time we've seen them? Uh Two left-handed hitters stand out for me, Jake Dunlap and, and Trey Spees. Um, we saw Dunlap at the end of the fall uh, at our, our top underclass games, and uh, he had a really good day. Uh, athleticism, left-handed bat, um, had really good in-game at bats. Uh, it's a fluid swing. And then uh, Trey Spees, he had a, had a big year last year at East Lincoln, uh, probably overshadowed a little bit with, with Garrett Michelle there and you got Isaac Armstrong and, and, and the smiley behind the plate, but uh, physical left-handed hitter. Um, you know, I know he opened some eyes in the summer and, and excited to see his progress. Yeah, for me, it's right at the top of the roster, alphabetically, Sam Beck. Sam's a, a – we saw in the high school season. I saw him in the high school season a couple times. He's, you know, an intriguing mover, um, playing shortstop at High Point Christian. Um, you know, it just – he flowed on the field just watching – watching IO, watching him playing games. And so this is our, really our first chance to, to get our hands on him, so to speak, and to put him through our, our, our combine type events and kind of see where he's at. But I'm interested to see, you know, how those movement patterns that I really liked in game situations match up to what some of the numbers will be. Um, Davis Cabbage is a right-handed pitcher from Hickory Grove Christian. Um, high pitch ability guy, good feel for spinning the baseball. Um, and now that he's continuing to mature, has gotten a little bit bigger. Let's see what that spin rate's continuing to do and if it's continuing to tick up as stuff ticks up. Um, continuing down through the roster for me, Trey Spees was a guy I marked. Travis Rhodes. Travis Rhodes is a, a senior left-handed pitcher that had committed 
to Catawba Valley, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And when Catawba Valley is going through, they're trying to figure out if they're going to have a program moving forward next year from their president and CEO and whoever else down. The baseball guys are, are, are terrific people and kind of just left hanging, dangling in the wind. But Travis, not knowing what their future was going to be, I think um, had, had dropped that commitment. I think he's still open. Um, but it's a left hander that came to our top prospect games with the, and it made a jump. And it's elite chance to be really, really good. Arm speed, fastball, you know, maybe, maybe bump 90. It's January. It's probably a little early for that, but it's possible. Um, so you're talking about an uncommitted senior left handed pitcher that, you know, may draw a ton of eyes on this event just because he may light it up. Um, and then finally, for me, Caleb Williams, a, a rice commitment from Alexander Central. Um, who was with us at uh, Future Games two years ago? Is that right, Matt? Two years ago, and sink slide guy uh, and followed. Uh, he committed to a different school. The pitching coach left that school and is now at Rice. And he followed that pitching coach to Rice. So uh, I'm kind of interested. Obviously, there's some metrics in there that that and Rice is a, a highly uh, analytical program. I'm kind of interested to see what we see with his analytics, even in January. You know, whereas, you know, Rice going outside of Texas to get a player, they, they've obviously seen something they like. Yeah, and I've, I've heard his velos jumped a bit since last year, so interested to see where he's at. Uh, another guy I'm excited to see is, is Hank Matthews. Uh, I've heard that name floated around with some travel ball coaches, and I believe this will be his first event with us, so uh, looking forward to seeing him as well. Obviously a really good a really good roster, Hunter Honeycutt. Scheduled to be there from Pinecrest. App State commit as a catcher, really a utility guy. He's, he's kind of a he, – he, he makes these events flow when he shows up because he's got so much energy. So we always like seeing Hunter, Hunter there. Um, he's one of my favorite guys. No uh, doubt. No love doubt. And, and I, I, uh, love watching him play. Uh, it's, it's, I, I very rarely get excited when guys make commitments because it's just part of what we do. We see so many. But when he made his commitment, I was legitimately excited for him. Because no we've seen that work pay off. We saw him as a younger, really undersized player. We saw him fighting for bat- playing time at his high school. You know, he, he's given himself all sorts of options. He's switch hitting. He plays catcher. He plays infield. He plays outfield. I mean, he is a legitimate utility guy that may find his way into a lineup as a freshman at App State just because he can do everything. And at some point, they're going to say, okay, who can we do? Who can do this? And Hunter's name is going to keep coming up. And he keeps saying the name in the office over and over and over. And he immediately, at some point, he's going to be in a lineup. So excited to see him, too. When you watch him at our events, his preparation for everything that he does. I mean, he he has a plan. He knows what he wants to do. And um, he's serious about his routine. No doubt. No doubt. Well, let's uh, we'll move forward. Uh, last thing I had on our, obviously we've been a little mechanical at times. We got to talk about players. We got to talk about what we've seen. We got to talk about what's coming up. Um, but as as we get into the the preseason evaluations, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the process that that you go through, that I go through, uh, in terms of evaluating players. You know, obviously we saw some players really, really good. We saw two rounds of BP for some guys. And we put some good numbers on those guys because of those two rounds of BP indoors against a guy that freaking, you know, let's be honest, Coach Borowski finds some barrels sometimes. You know, what is your what is your plan when you're when you're doing these grades and you're evaluating these guys? And, you know, how does it kind of start for you? How does it evolve for you? And eventually when you were coaching leading to who are we going to offer for us, 
you know, how does that fall into the rankings? Uh, watching those guys in, in the workout setting take BP, obviously you have to look for bat speed and athleticism and if they have any barrel awareness. Um, and then you try to look at how does that swing play against quality arms. And um, we put that initial grade on them. Uh, basically, I do without seeing the trackman numbers. I, I try to watch and right and grade them out that way, and then you go back and see the numbers, and and you can adjust based on that. But um, I mean, you know as well as I know, you you can have all the bat speed in the world or all the strength in the world, but the swing's got to play a little bit too. And um, the the best evaluations and best grades come from gameplay. I mean, yes, we've, we've all seen the workout warriors and the the five o'clock hitters, but. You, you got to be able to tow it up in the box against a quality arm and, and compete. And, you know, sometimes in a workout you don't get that, but you talk to coaches and you, you learn about kids' makeups and their competitiveness. Um, but, it, but it starts with that, the bat speed and the barrel awareness. And, and well, balance. I think we, we, we talk about the hitters, and, and you, you bring up a great point. There are guys that can put up numbers in that workout warrior, you know, the bat finds a barrel and it's, it's 90 plus off the barrel, every single bang, 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 bang. When we actually go back and look at it, is there length in the swing? Is the swing direct? Is there rhythm? Is he on time? Is he cheating to get there? Is he beating balls in the ground? You know, some of that gives you some, some telltale signs, um, you know, and then trying to project out, you know, and if we have to make a decision just off the workout, I mean, we got, you have to put a number on it for what we do. That's why, you and I, the vein of our existence sometimes is those rankings because we sometimes don't have enough information, especially at the younger ages. It's, it's an educated guess off of what we've seen happen in the past. But you do have some guys for you sometimes. Guys with really pretty swings get in the box in the game and just can't pull the trigger. They, they take three one fastballs right down the chute and then have to battle their tails off in three two and go, man, he's a great two-strike hitter. Well, he shouldn't be in two-strike situations. He should have hammered that ball that was – the 3-0, the 3-1, the 2-0, and, and driven that ball. We don't see that in the workout. Um, spin recognition, you know, we there is we can see some of that in the workout, but there are guys that hide that too. There's some guys that just don't pick up spin, don't see it, don't like it, get frustrated by it, get antsy, and just swing as soon as they see it. There's all sorts of things, and so it's it's that combination as we're really working towards their senior year of, their workouts, what they, and that gives us a clearer picture of maybe what their ceiling is and their gameplay, which really tells us what they are right now. Yeah, I know uh, we put eyes on a kid sometime last summer and he, he put up really impressive numbers. And you're kind of thinking, how's, you know, how's this kid uncommitted? You know, what's the story? And you go back and you check some numbers and the, the strikeouts are high and, you know, that kind of tells you right there he's he's still learning to recognize spin or, or how to handle better arms. Right. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into the grade. Obviously, you can get a lot from a workout, but if you can't do it in game, you only have so much value. Well, and then we, and we look at, you know, the same thing happens with guys fielding, you know, that, that controlled environment with a three-hop ground ball. When you If you're really watching what's going on, you know which way the ball is going to go, if you know the patterns. Um you know, or a practice setting and you're used to that guy hitting ground balls at you versus a game setting where, you know, a player top spins a, a 95 mile hour ground ball at you. Now, how do you really react? You know, do you, and do you really trust your arm? Are you able to sit back on a ball to get the hop you want because your arm can play or do you have to play through everything because you need to hide your arm? 
you know, if a guy's going to be a four, three down the line, um, you know, and then even, even larger aspects of knowing where to position yourself. Where do I go on double play depth? Where do I go? If a guy can run a, a three, nine, how do I play? Do I play faster? Or do I, do I shorten up? You know, some of that's coachable, but some of it's instincts too. And that can play into that player grade that we're giving guys. And that's why I think at the end of the year, there's times where you see our list and, Obviously, top end of the list are guys that we have a projection on. Okay, that guy has a chance to be a pro player. But there's occasionally there's guys in there that you go, he's going to be a solid, great four-year player that may never play professional baseball. But because he does so many things well, we have to grade that guy higher than the six-foot-four elite exit velocity but swinging and missing right now type guy. And it's hard for us because – you know, and, and we, we get questions all the time. How did you figure that? Why did you have that guy there? And some of it's just, you know, we put the similar grade on the guy and we picked a guy. Yeah. You know, every, every year at our, our border battle or our top prospect games where we get to see them in, in game action, we'll have a guy that his run time is very average or maybe slightly below average. And then you watch him play. And, you, and we always say that kid plays faster than, than his right. run time. Right. And I, I do love what we're doing with Swift now. And I know the gates can can be a little <laughs> tricky and not, not your favorites at times, but the, the, the getting the 10 and getting the 30 and getting the 60. Um, I was in South Carolina on Saturday for their Priest and Allstate North, and they had several younger guys run really good 30s and just die running the 60 and just couldn't finish it. Well, that that's explainable. They're just not strong enough to run a 60 yet. There's a strength component to being able to hold your maximum speed for five yards, seven yards, eight yards. And then how quickly do you fall off that cliff from your maximum speed? If you're able to maintain your maximum speed for two to three yards longer and then gradually decelerate, even when you're trying to run your hardest, your body's just going to gradually decelerate versus falling off the cliff. It's the difference between running a seven flat and a seven six. And so that's what you see with some younger guys, but that 30 gives us a pretty good idea because you can see body type, you can see how they're running, and then you can see the time, and then we can project that out and go, okay, he's he's running a seven five. He probably plays like a seven flat, and he may eventually run a six eight. Um, that projection becomes easier when you have that information. Yeah, and getting to see that initial burst off the line and and how quick they get it going. Well, Matt, we short and sweet this week, and. Uh, we're going to continue to try and bring all the baseball fans the best of what we got going on. One of the things we are going to try and do in the coming weeks is is maybe make it a little bit more interactive. We're not going to be a call-in show because, honestly, I haven't figured out that technology in terms of I'm not giving people my cell phone number just to call into this. Um, but we do want some feedback. What would you like to hear us talk about? Um, questions and answers, things like that. So, you know, if you're on YouTube and you want to drop a comment, if you're um, on our on our website, reading on the webpage, hit us with an email. Um, if you've got our numbers, text us. Just let us know. What would you like to see in, the, in these podcasts as we move forward? Because, man, we can sit on here and talk about players all day long. I think sometimes we're talking about individual players. That matters to a small community of people. I think there's some bigger aspects of things that we can really get into um, that people would want to want to see and want to talk about, you know, like did Matt Payne ever get ejected for arguing balls and strikes? I think that's a podcast that we're going to have to get into. Yeah. I'm sure we definitely have some stories we could tell. But, uh, <laughs> well, there, there's, don't, there's no video on me on YouTube, so don't search. Yeah, it's my there, is there, there is, if you really want to search, it's there. So, 
All right, man. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Great job today, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Sounds good.